Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of the Aces on Bases podcast. Regular season baseball is back. The Blue Jays are two weeks into the season. We're going to talk about it. Let's get this thing started. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, after a brief hiatus, Aces on Bases is back in your life. And before we do the introductions, I just want to let everyone know that you can find this show on most major podcasts and platforms at this point. We are available on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn Radio, I believe we're on iHeartRadio, and of course, Podbean, acesonbases.podbean.com. We also now officially have a Twitter account, so you can follow the show at Aces on Bases on Twitter. Having said that, there are three of us this week, myself, Blue Jays memes. I'm also joined by Noah and Tyler. Noah and Tyler, how's it going this week? Going well. How about yourself? I can't can't complain too much. I mean, I, I can. We'll, we'll get into that in just a bit. But Noah, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, it's been a little disappointing start to the season, but I'm good. It was a little, it's a little disappointing start to this podcast. We were actually supposed to record earlier. We're actually recording this at like 1045 at night. We were going to record earlier with a bunch of other people that do the show with us. Unfortunately, my internet crapped out and was down for three hours. And because I'm the one that records everything and edits it all, we weren't able to get the show recorded earlier. And the other guys, unfortunately, are not able to join us now. So. Apologies to Michelle, Detmers, and Lewis. You guys will be back on for the next one. I'm sorry. I do apologize. But if anyone listened to episode two, you know my internet is shit because it cut out right at the end. Hopefully it can go a full episode this time. But we're going to talk the first week of of Blue Jays. Well, I guess at this point, the first two weeks of Blue Jays baseball. I'm not going to count the game last night against Kansas City, because I figure we'll talk about that on the next episode. So, going into last night, we were 6-6. Six and six. How's everybody feeling about the season so far? Uh, you know, I'd say it's a pretty disappointing start to the season, all things considered. Just with all the injuries and everything, I think we're actually pretty lucky. Take two out of four, or two out of three from the Yankees twice. That's a great start. Yep. And then obviously losing two out of three to Texas, that was tough with Ryu on the mound in the rubber match. So that was a tough matchup. And then losing two out of the three to the Angels, that's always tough. But all things considered, I think six and six with pretty much losing half the team due to injuries, I think that's not too bad. But obviously you'd like to see it a little better performance in the first 12 games. Yeah, def- yeah I, definitely. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like... Some people were saying earlier that it's a good place to be 6-6, six and six, considering half our games have been against the Yankees. But we're 4-2 and two against New York, and the two other series we dropped, Texas and LA, we should have won. Like in Texas, Roark got blown up, so I got losing that. But when Ryu gives up two runs, like 
the offense has to and, and you know, get going. To be fair, I'm still bitter because one of those runs should have been an error attributed to Vladdy. So Ryu really should have only been charged with one earned run. But but I digress. But yeah, the, the offense really failed to show up in that game to support Ryu. Because what? He went eight innings that game, didn't he? Yeah, I think he went. He went yeah, I think he went seven or eight. I'm pretty sure he went eight. A gem. Wasted. He so went seven. He went seven innings. Two runs. Seven strikeouts and wasted. Oh yeah, Miza and oh right, right, because Texas was the home team. That's that's why it felt like it was he went eight innings because Texas was the home team in that one. So he pitched the majority, and then Miza and Dolis pitched the the last inning. Miza went two thirds, and Dolis went a third. But yeah, just an absolute waste of gems. <laughs> Fuck, like the Mets are my National League team. So between watching the Jays waste Ryu's pitching gems and watching the Mets waste DeGrom's pitching gems, it's just been a horrible fucking start to the season. <laughs> yeah, it's a brutal start for the aces of those two teams, that's for sure. Can't even get two runs. It, yeah, it's yeah, well, brutal. Luckily, Ryu, they made up for it because he finally, Ryu last starts New York, finally got some run support. But what I've noticed to start the season is that Going into it, everyone was like, oh, the offense is almost guaranteed that you can do good, but the pitching might drag us down. Now it's been the complete opposite. The Jays are like fifth in Team ERA, but the offense... Eh, I mean, I would say that Rorick has fucking dragged us down a lot. (laughs) Okay, but uh, yeah, Rorick's Rorick. Like, excluding Roar, everyone's been doing pretty well. (laughs) Except for Stripling. Yeah, Stripling's been getting lit up pretty bad, too. Yeah, take those two out, and our rotation ERA is probably under two. <laughs> yeah. And not even just that, like, the pen, even though like, half the pen is injured, like, all these weird stuff, like, ulnar nerve, I don't even, I forget what it was called, with Romano. Something weird, which is not great. But even still, like, those depth guys, like Castro and Piams, in last episode, Detmer said that Piams would win the reliever of the year award. They're fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> AL, AL reliever of the year. He's on a roll already. <laughs> but yeah, like, with all the injuries and stuff, like, even, even Robbie Ray has only had one start so far. So, I mean, we, we've, we've had Ryu, we've had Mats, who has yeah, been... Mean, you look at... Go ahead. Oh, yeah, you look at just all of our starters that have been injured, Pearson, Ray, like, it's just not been a good start for injuries, obviously, half the bullpen's out. But I think that over the course of the season, I think it's going to even itself out. I think the rotation will be much more average, and I think the offense is going to kick into gear here soon with Springer and everyone coming back. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, I'm 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 happy with the fact that we've taken four out of six from the Yankees so far without like fucking George Springer in the lineup. Like that that to me is the most impressive. Yeah, you'll take that every day of the week, taking four out of six to the Yankees, obviously. For sure. For sure. And I mean, I think a lot of people would say that Matt's has been a pleasant surprise, but I mean I've been singing Matt's praises on this show, like I said on the first show, I've I been to City Field a couple of times. I've seen four games at City Field over the last couple of years. Matched pitched 
two of those games, and he did phenomenal. Like, I believed in Mats. I just felt like he needed to be more consistent. And if he can keep going the way that he's been going for the first couple of starts of this season, and if he can stay healthy, which hopefully he can, like, Mats is going to be a huge bonus for this team, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. He's been great. As well as other reclamation projects, like him and Ray. Even though Ray's already only started once and had that freak accident of falling down the stairs. Yeah, that one's a weird one. Yeah, I like it just that's the luck. Like you look at the injury, literally falling down the stairs in spring training. Like that just sums up the injury luck of the G's so far. But the good news is with that is Ireland Yates, who's done for the year, they all seem on pace to be back around the same time. So that's just gonna be a sudden rush of help offensively and pitching wise, which will be great. Yeah, and I mean Gritchick has, has been doing well so far this season. I don't know if Gritchick is going to be able to stay consistent. Like, we've talked about it on one of the previous two episodes about Gritchick being super streaky. So he might just be on a really hot streak right now. <laughs> he could end up turning to complete shit. I hope that's not the case. But Vlad has seemed to find himself. Like, Vlad's patience at the plate is tremendous. And, like, I know I said I didn't want to talk about last night's game, but, I mean, that strike call against Vlad in the ninth was fucking atrocious. But his patience has been spectacular at the plate this year. Yeah, I mean, he's been great. He's been producing almost higher numbers than his minor league numbers, which were insane. Um, I think just speaking to the consistency point, I think you look at most of the hitters in this Blue Jays lineup, and you could say that they're very, very streaky hitters. So hopefully once Springer comes back and kind of solidifies that lineup, hopefully that they can all find their consistency and all be streaky around the same time. I mean, I'll, I'll yeah, take no. it if, they'll, if they'll, they'd be, if they pace out their streakiness. I don't want them to all be hot at the same time and then all be cold at the same time. If I can get a few of them hot at the same time and then a few of them cold at the same time so that when the ones that are cold get hot, it takes over for the ones that are being hot going cold. So I don't want them to have the same streakiness all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, they need they need more consistency in the at bats. That's what I that's what I mean with that. Not swinging at two of sliders in the dirt like Bo's done a few times this year. <laughs> yeah, and with the offense, it's good to see guys like Bo started not great, and now he looks like classic Bo. Same with Tales. He was horrendous. And yeah, he in the past series was like four for twelve against New York and is starting to get back to Rowdy. And Kirk even is starting to get more hits, and he started out for 13. So Three feet of sex appeal, Alejandro Kirk. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God, the tank lineup. <laughs> Vladdy, Kirk, Rowdy, all over six foot, 250 pounds. Yeah, what a and lineup. we have to go back as well. Oh, yeah. Switch of fun. But um, it's good. Like, there's the bats are starting to get going. Simeon, I don't really like him in the leadoff. Like with him, it's either been strikeout or home run, sort of. Yeah, they got to move him down. Well, and I I think the consensus seems to be that he's only going to be in the leadup spot until, or the lead off spot, I should say, until Springer comes back, and then he'll be moved down in the lineup. So I get it. You want you want Simeon's speed at the top of top of the order but yeah definitely once Springer comes back Simeon I I see sliding down towards the bottom of the order yeah I agree 
And another thing about, I'm not going to get into much specifics about last night, obviously, because we're saving most of that for next episode. But the defense has been a question. Like It started off good, but Biggio cost us a lot last night against, or two nights ago against Kansas. And the D, he needs to sharpen up a third. His bat needs to get going, and the D overall needs to improve. Yeah, he kind of lashed out at Luis Rivera the other game, too. Mostly with Biggio at third. Sorry, what was that, Tyler? Oh, sorry. You cut out in, like, the middle of your sentence. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just asking you to repeat what you said because I didn't catch it. Okay, so, I mean, the big question mark, I think, has been in Biggio's defense at third. Overall, I think the defense has been obviously a big step up from last year. Last year was atrocious. But I think just having Gavin Biggio there, not knowing how to catch a line drive last night, that cost us the game pretty much. And he's made a ton of questionable plays over there. I think, I mean, he really needs to straighten out pretty much every single part of his game right now. He's been not good on any facet of the game so far this year. Yeah, I think... Go ahead, Noah. Okay. The velocity has always been an issue with him. And... Also, he modified his plate approach, which I don't like at all. Like, last year he was great. He was getting on base tons. I don't know what he's swinging. He's chasing outside the zone now. He's letting more, like, two-strike pitches that are borderline, especially with the umping this year, go by when he should be trying to stay alive. He just seems a little lost. And we saw here, like, in 2019, when Guriel and Teoscar were struggling, they optioned them for a month. And they both came up and broke out. And I'm wondering if they might take a similar approach with Biggio if he keeps us going. They could. I mean, I I do think Biggio is going to eventually find himself again. But I don't know what it is. I don't know if they try to have him be more aggressive. Like, I don't know if that's something that the team has instilled in him. But yeah, he definitely doesn't have the plate discipline that he's shown in the past. So yeah, hope, hopefully, hopefully he'll come back around. I'm sure he will. I, I have I have faith in in Cavan, but yeah, I mean, again, you look at the rough week, uh, the first rough, the the rough first two weeks that the Blue Jays have had, and I mean, we're still sitting in second place in in the AL East. We're only three games behind Boston, and that's only because they won like nine fucking games in a row out of nowhere after being swept by Baltimore in their first series of the year. So, I mean, it very well could be Toronto in first place if Boston hadn't gone on that super hot streak. So we're still right in it. And, I mean, we play 76 games against the AL East opponents each year. Like, I I don't think we're going to take the season series against Tampa because we never friggin' do. But if we can win 13 games each against Baltimore Boston and New York and then if we can win like say eight games against Tampa this year that puts us at 40 48 wins against the AL East which is a pretty good position Uh, like that that means we would only have to go like or sorry that would put us at 47 wins against the AL East and then we would really only have to go 48 and 38 the rest of the way to get to to get to uh my prediction of 95 wins. So I mean if we can if we can take two out of every three games against AL East teams, we're putting ourselves in good position for for a good good playoff spot. Yeah. yeah I mean 
I think when you look at the Yankees struggling so early on, and now I don't think that what the Red Sox have done is sustainable, nor the uh, nor the Rays. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. So when you look at this Blue Jays team with all the injuries, and then looking up at a six and six record, I think there's a lot to come from this team, and I think they're going to go on a run pretty soon here. Yeah, I agree. And even looking at the standings right now, and as of this is as of today, so counting last night's game, it's a little. I know it's early to start going playoff watching, but even at the start we have, we're a game back of the wild card spot, and everyone else now, at least except for Boston, that lost their last game, and it seems like they're starting to get back down to earth, has been off to a slow start. And I fully expect New York and Tampa to start winning again, as you've said. But I also expect us to win as soon as we get these guys back. And the pitching depth and bullpen depth have shown that they can be reliable. It's just the best thing to get going. Yeah, and 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 winning four games against New York so early in the season when they have been struggling is going to be a huge help for us, I think, in the long run. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We did touch on injuries a little bit. Did any? Did either of you guys want to get more deeper into injuries and your your thoughts on on the whole situation? Because it's I been think... it's been kind of a clusterfuck right now of injuries. Yeah, exactly. I mean it, it's insane. I've I've never seen anything like this. I mean, I think it just speaks to COVID and how strange everything, how strange all the training and everything is for the season. And you see this with other teams too, but. For the Jays, I mean, for about a week straight, there was there was literally a pitcher a day going on the injured list, or Teoscar going on the COVID list. So I mean, it's just it's just crazy with all the injuries. But the only good thing is a lot of these are pretty minor injuries. Other than Yates, Romano could be out for a while. But you look at guys like Ray, who's obviously back, and some of these other guys. I think it's gonna be with. Thomas Hatch and Nate Pearson specifically, I think they're going to be huge for this team going forward in the rotation. And then hopefully we can just stay around till the trade deadline and then something there. Yeah, I totally agree. And when you look at what it's going to be when Hatch and Pearson are back, the rotation could be something like Ryu, Ray, Pearson, Mats, and then Hatch. And that seems good considering how well Mats and Ray have done. And Ryu's Ryu. And well, and Hatch is Hatch too. Like he's a solid back end of the guy, back end of the rotation guy for now. And I think he can develop into a reliable mid rotation guy. And Pearson has shown already he can do well when he stays healthy. Health has always been the issue with him as well as this entire team, it seems. But one thing I'm thinking of, especially when you see these guys like Policios, Espinal, Payams, and Castro pressing, is. These guys, like, eventually they're going to run out of options, and then you're going to be in a pickle with having to try to not expose these guys on waivers. Yeah, that's that's actually a fair assessment, but, I mean, what what can you do when, when you're riddled with injuries, right? You, you unfortunately got to bring up these guys whether you want to or not and, and burn some of those options, which might end up, hurting you at some point down the road yeah it's it's a win now thing which obviously we're in win now mode and looking at it it seems like hatch and pearson are going to be out like probably for another month romano who knows it could be like a week it could be like three months depending on the route they go with him but 
Springer seems like a lock if all goes well to be back after this road trip. Stripling seems on the way back. Chatwood could be on the way back. Phelps is probably already ready as of today to pitch. So, and Phelps is already on the team, so that's not a big concern. But we'll see. I think Rourke should be gone, even though he pitched pretty solidly against Kansas. I think there's just not, uh, there's just no room for him left, especially with the way Piamps and Castro are performing. I try to keep both of them on as long as possible. You mean, you mean 2021 AL Cy Young winner, Joel Piamps? Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. Go ahead, Tyler. No, no, you're good. I'm just saying when you look at a CC, you need all the innings that you, all the inning eaters you can get, but. Looking at Roark, I mean, I think you could call up someone from double A or single A and they could have the same exact result as Roark's been having, <laughs> giving up like five runs, two homers a game. So. Any of us Roark. could have the same result as Roark. I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's very, that's very fair. Like, Another thing with the Roark situation is that, excluding Roark, we already have Castro, Malone, and Kay in the bullpen who are all capable of being reliable innings eaters. And Piamps, I don't know if he's stretched out to go multiple innings yet, but he's also another option there. So, like, even with these injuries, we still have an abundance of inning eaters available, like six, seven, five, six, seven starting inning eaters in the pen. Oh, also, I forgot to mention Thornton. So I just see a place where Rourke can stick around after Springer or anyone else gets back. Yeah, I I mean I I hope he doesn't like I could I could really just do without Rourke at, at this point and I'm sorry to those on Twitter who who defend Rourke I just I don't want him on this team at this point like it it's just it's not a small sample size of just this year it goes back to last year as well and he just he has not been very very good for us <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big understatement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like like Noah said, we do have 2021 AL Cy Young winner Joel Piamps, so <laughs> I can't be too too worried. <laughs> the leader of the year, 2021. Here he comes. I have to give that shout out to going. Noah, or not to Noah, to Detmers, I should say. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we if we keep this going. I might actually get a Joel Piamps jersey. And I know some websites that are much cheaper and stuff, like Factory Made Quick. So I might go that route. AffordableJerseys.com, use code, bo- code word John Boy. <laughs> Six innings, no runs. Give them a Young now. Sheesh. Exactly. Him and Tommy Malone, number 69 in the back end of the pen is just unfair for the AL East. Yeah, and let me... Yeah. Let, two combined have pitched six innings and given... Or 12 innings, given up one run. And, and, and let me just say this, specifically to Detmers, it's Tommy Malone, not Tommy Malone, Detmers, God damn it. It <laughs> 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 is so funny. The thing is that if Detmers was here, he would still defend to the death that it's pronounced Malone. (laughs) And I love him for that. (laughs) 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how he responds next episode. <laughs> He's gonna bring the fire. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're at about. 25 minutes in, in this recording podcast and we've touched on a couple of things already and i know it's getting really late it's like 11 10 after 11 right now so i don't want to do too long of an episode today so just in the first two weeks because the name of this show is aces on bases and we sort of got that based on the idea of choosing our ace on base or aka our player of the week so for you guys, who who has been your player of the week for the Blue Jays for the first two weeks of the season? We'll start with Tyler and we'll, we'll go with Noah. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Vladdy on this one. I think if it, if it wasn't for Vladdy, we would definitely have a couple more losses. Him, Bo, and Gritchick have really been the only ones to hit anything this year. So I think Vlad, what Vladdy's showing, he's showing that he can play at, hit at an MVP level at least. And he could probably play better defense than Gavin at third. So I'll go with Vladdy for my ace on the base. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree and give it Vladdy number one by far. And then a tie at two between Bichette and Piamps. I was going to go with Ryu, but I, I, I think... I think while I have the opportunity to do so, I'm going to give it to my boy Steven Matz. Two games yes. played... A 1.46 ERA, a 0.89 whip. He's only given up two runs over 12 and a third innings. And he's, I mean, I like I said earlier, I've been singing his praises on this show, but I think he has surprised a lot of people. And I hope he stays this consistent. But just in case he doesn't, and this is my only opportunity to give him the ace of uh, the ace on base of the week award. That's who I am going with this week, Steven Matz. Yeah, that's definitely fair. And every single lefty in our pitching staff has done great. When you look at from Ryu, Matt, Ray in the rotation, and Mason Baraki in the pen, they have all of them. Like, I don't even know. The pen, I don't think Mason Baraki haven't earned run yet. I could be wrong about that. I, I, no, I think you're right on that. Yeah, that's, they've been great. And then the rotation, the three lefties in rotation have obviously been great as well. I'm just trying to find Meza and Baraki's stats to pull them up. Yeah, Meza has three and a third scoreless. And where's Baraki? I'm trying to load Baraki right now. <laughs> Baraki... Baraki has given up runs, apparently, according to this. He's given up two earned runs. Two earned over four innings pitched. Oh, wow. Well, I was wrong about that. He looked, what I've seen, he's looked really good. And maybe I need a bow check on how those runs are given up. But yeah. he still has looked good. But, but I mean, I mean, because he's only pitched the four innings, his ERA is kind of inflated at 4.5 right now. But his whip is 0.75, which is absolutely tremendous. And I know this is about the Jays, but I just have to point out because it's sort of it gives me satisfaction to say this is I want the Jays to win number one, but it's nice to see the Yankees last in the American League. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. That it is. And I mean, like like you guys said earlier, that's definitely not going to last. But it's nice to see while it's there. <laughs> 
but I, I think we'll start wrapping this one up for this week. Before we go, though, Noah, Tyler, do you guys have any any final thoughts for for this week's episode? Yeah, I'll just gonna... say. Uh, here, you go, go ahead, Noah. All right, I'll just say uh, thanks for coming and listening. I've seen I don't know the exact number of downloads, but it's been surprisingly very high. Last I saw, it was 110 downloads for t- for our first two episodes. Oh, wow, that's pretty crazy. That's much more than I think we all could have expected. So that's for sure. Good. Thanks for listening. And oh shit! Let's hope. That- Sorry, we're sitting at 122 right now. I just pulled up the stats. So 122 downloads for our first two episodes. Wow, that's pretty great. And also, hopefully, next time we're recording, the G's are sitting at number one in the division and we're more healthy oh for sure <laughs> and and tyler any any final thoughts from you yeah i just close it out by thanking everyone for listening to us shit on the blue jays for a little bit shit on the ale <laughs> but um i'm gonna make a bold prediction this week and i think by the next time that we record a podcast, I think that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is going to have himself quite the week. I'm calling it now. <laughs> I certainly hope uh, so. Yeah. And so far, the predictions that have been made on this podcast are looking good. So hopefully this is another one that turns out to be looking good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good about our 95-win season. I mean, I know we're sitting 500 right now, but I, yeah. if we can continue beating the, those AL East teams, man, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident with my 95-win prediction that I was laughed at by, by Lewis and, and, and Detmers for. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's honestly not bad a place to be considering the injuries, and eventually they'll they'll be back. Oh, 100%. And I'm going to wrap it up this week by thanking, like Noah said, thanking everybody that's tuned into our first couple of episodes. Like 122 downloads over the first two episodes is a lot more than I was expecting. So I greatly appreciate that. I, I, I also, and I think I can speak on behalf of everybody involved with this podcast, greatly appreciate those of you who are giving us ratings and leaving us feedback on on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, I should say. We've got two five-star ratings so far, and we got a written review by somebody named Canadian Swiss Couple, and their comment was, I listened to the first episode, not too bad. It honestly sounds like a recording of me and my friends sitting around on a Friday night with a few beverages talking about the Blue Jays. Can't wait for episode two. Good work, guys. So obviously that was after the first episode. But yeah, that's the atmosphere I kind of think we were hoping to build here is just a bunch of Jays fans getting together, talking about our love for the Jays and our frustration <laughs> throughout the season when we when we get injured and lose. But I, I think that that's the sentiment that we want to go with was just a group of guys. And, you know, if there's any girls out there listening that want to join in on this podcast at some time, feel free to let us know on our on our podcast Twitter page at aces on bases but i think that was our goal just to have a bunch of us fans come together and and talk about the blue jays so the fact that it comes across that way to the listeners is is fantastic in in my opinion yeah and speaking of that review it is currently a friday night i don't know about you but i currently have a water next to me so i don't know if i can't (laughs) as a cold beverage i too also have a water next to me (laughs) 
also have some ice cold water next to me too, so <laughs> I guess we do have some cold beverage after all. Ah, some nice, some nice, refreshing, healthy, healthy cold beverages. And with that being said, we are going to wrap things up for this week. Like I said at the top of the show, you guys can find us on most major podcasts and platforms. We are available on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn Radio, Podbean, acesonbases.podbean.com, and pretty much anywhere else you can find podcasts, we're probably on there as well. And again, you can follow us on Twitter. We do now have a podcast page for or on Twitter. And that's just at Aces on Basis. So go ahead and give it a follow. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for everybody that's tuned in so far. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as you enjoyed the first two episodes. And having said that, whether you guys are listening to this in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, whatever time of day it is, where you are when you're listening, we thank you for listening. We appreciate you listening. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.